You are now listening to the Superhero Education Podcast, featuring Professor Eugene Pitchford and Dr. Steve Gurner. We are real educators tackling the real topics in education. Listen to be informed, inspired, and entertained. With no further ado, here are your hosts to the Superhero Educators Podcast. We want to welcome everyone to the latest edition of the world-famous Superhero Education Podcast. I'm a good friend of yours. My name is Eugene Pitchford. Steve, how are you Steve referencing Steve here. Steve, how are you referencing yourself today? Is it Steve? Steve Garner, a good friend. Um, what's your pronouns? I'll go, I'll go with Steve Garner. That'll be good. That'll be good for tonight. Okay, so Steve is known as Steve is known as Steve Garner. I'm Eugene Pitchford. I'm your good friend. So that's how I want to be called today. Your good friend. A the good audience's friend. good friend. I like that. I like good that. Good friend to the audience today. Always a good friend. Like, so we have a very interesting concept for you all tonight. And uh, we try to try to stay as culturally relevant as possible to what's going on in the minds of, of educators all across America and all across the world. And our topic for this evening is um, a November mindset. So in November, as, as a teacher, you're thinking about a lot of things. It may be testing. At this point, whether you're face-to-face -face or online, you've probably seen the best of the best or the worst of the worst. Uh, you're probably, you probably have an eye on Thanksgiving, an eye on Christmas, an eye on the second semester or your uh, 2021. You may be looking at COVID. You may be looking at classroom behavior. But November is just a super important month in the in the psyche of an educator. And so we wanna, we want, we wanna tackle that this evening. And, um, and let's, just, let's just hop right into it. Steven, you can take it from here. November gets us, let's, let's think of November before COVID. November before COVID, always, a great time of the year because you're you have routines going on your classrooms how you want it you're looking at thanksgiving break coming up with family and friends you're looking at christmas break coming up in the new year so really exciting time you're this is the meat of the fall in the academic world you are working on all cylinders you are getting some great data points with your students now hits covid and this is totally different this year. We are seeing fatigue setting in in November like we've never seen it before. Students who are on Zoom and using technology every day, they're getting fatigued. They are wearing out with the technology. Teachers. Steve, Steve, let me hop in. So I agree with everything you're saying. But for me in November, like a lot of things, it, it triggers a lot of thoughts. In my mind, I had two internal calendars at the beginning of November. How many days of school? No, not even how many days. How many days to Thanksgiving and how many days to Christmas? Everything else fell in between those two, those two measuring points. As how a many teacher, days to Thanksgiving as a and how many days until Christmas? 
teacher I thought that as a teacher, as an assistant principal, and as a principal, and as a professor. That's my first thought. I probably was higher performing than you because I didn't think through that that lens that way. At this time, I, I'm moving. What? I'm moving. The students are going. Your routines are done. The students are with you. We're not thinking Thanksgiving uh, right around the corner yet. We're, but it's we a natural pause. Like So even with high performance, I'm still thinking that. Everybody deserves their natural pause. Well, sure, you have a, you, you're excited about Thanksgiving and Christmas, but I, I don't think we have the countdown. I, I never had the countdown to Thanksgiving and then Christmas like that. I see the, the reason why I had the countdown, I'm thinking of the work I need to get done before each of those stopping points. That's different. That's different if you're looking yeah, you at like how much it. Work you like you it. You like it. You like it. I didn't like the countdown at all. But so that's what it is. Let's go back to the teachers. No, I'm not going back. <laughs> Fatigue with the teachers. Right now, what's happening is they, they're working twice as hard to gear up the transition to all, online learning or some hybrid model. Some teachers are face-to-face -face and working through the social distancing, COVID-conscious guidelines. So the teachers are fatigued. And normally, that would be between that that Thanksgiving and Christmas time. So this accelerated up the timetable. And then school leaders are going, we're exhausted too, because we always have to go through both lenses. How do we do the face-to-face -face hybrid? How do we do the, the technology? How are we handling the school data? What's going on? Our whole year is upended. So the fatigue's a real thing. And I think what mirrors that also is the mental and social health of the students, teachers, and school leaders. I think that is something that has skyrocketed in attention this year. And I don't think we're addressing it yet. I think we will be addressing it as we flip to 2021, but we have to be thinking as schools, school leaders, teachers, students, how are we parents? How are we handling the mental health of everybody? That, that's, that's so big, Steve, because as you said, that's hitting teachers, that's hitting school personnel, that's hitting families. And, and you're right, in, in, in this COVID environment, I just don't know how you get around it. And it so let's was talk about let's talk about what do you do then? What's what's healthy for students to do now? Social, as far as social emotional, what can students do teachers do and school leaders do? Okay, so I was I was in a meeting today. I was in two meetings today and just the mental health thing just, just jumped off the page. And so what I've been telling people is just, it's okay to have anxiety, right? Like many, most of us have it in some forms. And for the people who really, you think that really don't have it, they're probably masking it. So it's, it's okay. But do you know the resources that are available for you? Um, whether it's on your job, whether it's on a campus, or whether it's in within your family, do you, do you know the resources? And so what what do you have? Let me get to this third piece. Let me get to this third piece because I think this is the most important one. And then I'll circle back to what you're saying. For many people, we aren't in tune with our bodies, so this anxiety and depression that we intake 
we don't even know what it is. And this is just like a normal feeling for some people. And so it's important to know your body, to know like the, the signals that you are stressed, that you are anxious, you like it is depression. Because for many of us, and I'm not gonna lie to you, Steve, for years, I didn't know, I didn't have a word for it. It's just something that I felt. And once I had a word for it and, and I could describe the feeling, then I could go get to the resources and potentially get help. But there's so many people out there, Steve, and they're not even in denial. They don't even know they have it and they have it. And you don't know to seek help if you can't name it. And so my, what, I, what I really want the listeners to get out of this right now is do an intake on yourself. Like if, if you're getting these anxious feelings, like that means something. And, oh, I'm looking at you like you have a question. Go so ahead, Steve. What what are you stressed about? What causes you stress personally? What causes me stress? Uh, when my students are stressed, that causes me stress. Um, just the unknown and uncertainty makes me stress out. Um, when I think that um, at, at times, and, I, and at, at times, because we're so deep into what we do, Steve, I often think, can I do more? I often think, um, am I good enough? Am I not good enough? Like those are things I literally think about all the time. And we're just for the listeners and everybody get their anxiety and stress in different forms and format. For me personally, it happens to me in the middle of the night. And it's, it's like this weird sensation that you must do something right now at three o'clock in the morning you must solve the world three o'clock in the morning and your mind gets fixated on this and you can't turn your mind off. So what right. helps you? So that I think a lot of people can relate to is some stress, uh, causing some issues with sleep, causing some issues with work and deadlines. So what works for you, Gene? How do you, how do you get okay, past so that? I was, I was, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was in denial. I, I, I didn't have a word to claim it or describe it. But what I have found for me, and this is going to sound like super simple to as a solution, but Steve, I have to do um, very concentrated, deep breathing. Um, I have to give myself permission to say I've done enough. And that's where a lot of people fail. We keep going and going and going. I have to give myself permission to say I have done enough. Um, I have to remind myself of all the wonderful, excellent things that I do and all the impacts that I make because your mind starts playing tricks on you that you haven't done enough. And, and, and lastly, Steve, um, I have a couple apps on my phone that kind of goes over the guided breathing, that goes over the meditated talking, um, words of encouragement, and that, that helps me personally. Um, I think Steve, those are I know excellent you, resources, excellent resources for people to. to and I know you have additional resources. And I, I want to ask you a question. But before I ask you the question, Steve, I know that you have led projects on this as far as Evelyn's room. So, Steve, can you just not necessarily talk about the place that you work, but just talk about like resources you've seen students use? And then after that, Steve, I'm going to ask you the same question you asked me. 
because because I know when you I know you and you know me like you can tell when I'm at my limit and I can tell when you're at your limit but like uh the second part of the question for you Steve is what happens when like how do you realize it's happening to you so let that be the second part of your question sure I I like your your ideas and your 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 tactics is really what you're looking at when you're stressed out the deep breathing the personal reflection inventory I've done enough. Uh, this is good enough. Sometimes we get into that perfectionist world. And then the apps, there's lots of apps. One, for instance, the Calm app, C-A-L-M, is very good. There's a lot of free opportunities and uh, resources, websites, apps out there for, for people that really help with the breathing and the calmness. And, and there's what we're addressing, and, and I've been fortunate to, to work in this space for a while as far as how does it help in education? What can we do because stress is an all-time high like we've never seen before? And I believe it's the deep breathing. I believe it's the all of the things that Eugene mentioned, uh, the personal inventories. We're so different than uh, each other. So we all have different ways we have to, different stressors and different ways we have to have to look at the tactics that, that can help us through with sleep and, and really navigating our, our world. So I like, the, I like the way you mentioned it. I like the tactics you're using. For myself, I notice it, what I turn into, uh, I, can, I feel pretty, pretty good about managing the stress. And when it, gets, when it gets too much, I can tell it just, for me, it flips into anger. So there's no, it's either uh, I'm managing it or um, I'm angry, and then I, when I sense I'm angry, then I have to go to my, my faith walk, my family, my friends, and that that helps me center more on on priorities and and look big picture. So I look big picture. I look at priorities, the faith, family. That helps me put those back in alignment, and that's what that's what helps me. So I think it's, I like the encouragement that everybody's dealing with it on some level some handle it extremely well some need more assistance and just know there's a lots and lots of assistance out there and, and you're not alone as you think about this fatigue and a november mindset of what might be happening with you right and so please know that everybody deals with the things differently so for me i probably get cranky steve probably gets angry and, I've and seen I you think, get cranky. I've seen Eugene get cranky. Absolutely. And I've seen I've you seen get angry. It. I witnessed it. <laughs> I've seen you get angry. I've witnessed that. And, and I think, Steve, it's important for our listeners to know, like, so make sure you use your support system of, of human people. That, that sounds strange, like, like I'm not human, but make sure you use the, the circle of your friends and your trusted colleagues and give them permission to tell you, hey, you're not okay right now. Like Steve will tell me, hey, you're you're not yourself. He like he gives me permission to tell that to him about himself. And, and in return, I give Steve permission to tell me. Or in turn, Steve gives me permission to tell him, hey, Steve, you're not yourself today. And and maybe the one thing we did we both did not say, Steve, is Make sure you have some form of a, in this space, some form of accountability partner 
that, that's excellent. That's excellent. That you give permission to tell about yourself. Because I could definitely tell when you're at your limit and you can tell when I'm at my limit. And at times we won't even know it about ourselves. That, that's an excellent, uh, excellent piece of advice there because we're working on, on things every day. So we have that benefit to be uh, accountable to each other. And that's, and that's very helpful and almost taken for granted because we, we are able to work in, in that space every day together. So we're able to be there and be accountable to each other. Let's, uh, that's definitely a November mindset topic that I would call number one. And I believe we'll keep visiting this just due to the importance of, of this topic. And we really have to think through now as schools and as educators and school leaders, what goes into the curriculum as far as what's visible at school as far as social emotional learning. We have, enough, we have so much into the curriculum already, but we, we definitely need to figure out the social emotional piece. But I wanna pivot a little bit to what I've seen a research survey out of Ed Week this month. So November Ed Week Research Center survey of teachers and school leaders. So they surveyed teachers and school leaders and they looked at, at what's going on with the teachers, school leaders, the survey, how they felt, almost a climate survey of how they felt. Number one on their list was educators felt less effective. So when you think of a November mindset, teachers out there are thinking, they're less effective in the in the world right now. What do you think? What do you make of that, Eugene? Did you almost call me somebody else? I, I, I was calling you Eugene. I might have said EP three. No, no, it started. It started with another S. I was about. <laughs> I, I was about to rip you apart on this podcast. If, if you did it, I was about to destroy you. I I, I wouldn't have done that. Okay, so um, yeah, so in, in all seriousness. Um, I, I do under, I, I can see why like educators would feel like they're less effective and uh, let's just, let's just break that down for a minute and then I'll try to answer your question, Steven, or if not, I'll recheck in with you to make sure I answer the question. Why would an educator not feel effective? Well, um, it, it, right now you're not just battling like the typical education stuff. You're also battling COVID. So whether you believe it's the, the realest thing ever or the fakest thing ever, uh, COVID right now is impacting us. And it, it is also impacting what we can and can't do educationally. And so um, from a virtual standpoint, and we saw this more in March and April and May, but it's starting to slowly creep back in. You have families you just can't engage. It, it, it like, and I'm not saying it is what it is because it's not, but you have families that you can't engage or you can't engage the way you want, right? So then you'll have kids who you know you're not getting potentially the best academic work from them. And then, then you know you have kids that are just trying to hang on by a fingernail that the technology is not for them. And then you're also having that space, kids that are excelling in this digital space. And if you're face-to-face, -face, you're, you're, you're probably managing, well, okay, we have some restrictions in the room. There's certain things we just cannot do anymore because of COVID. Probably in the back of your mind, you're, 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 you're questioning, are we going to stay open? Are we going to close? Um, 
so there's just some things that are just different. And I, I wouldn't, it's easy for me to say this to you, but I'm not your boss, so I'm going to say it to you. Do your best to embrace the uniqueness of the space that we are in right now. It may not be ideal, but this is a space that we still can be unique and it does present um, some wonderful opportunities educationally, even with the COVID. I like that but, advice. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the less effectiveness though is, I, I think there's always students that are not engaged. There's always students that are super engaged. My theory on the this difference is, is, the difference is if you are in a virtual environment. Now I'm only talking virtual. Sure, sure. Typically you're face to face. You can see it, you can touch it, you can feel it. You yeah. could try some things that worked and didn't work. Virtual, you're kind of hoping. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. That that's more in line than what I thought you were going initially with, with just not seeing seeing different levels of, of achievement. But you're right, the virtual piece is definitely different. And my theory on this is teachers, many, many teachers get into the profession to build the relationships, to get close to students, to see the see their eyes light up, see the body language of you got it, work the classroom, put on the performance of a great, great lesson. And now it becomes sterile. It becomes almost robotic in nature and teachers are really fighting against it. I'm seeing great things out there with their lessons and how they're mixing it up with props and, and different, different technology. But it's so much more difficult than the face-to-face. -face. And teachers most teachers get in that profession to really work the classroom, use their personalities, use who they are and the gifts they have to, to help students. And, and now you're almost taking away one of their tools, one of their strengths, right? So I, I'm almost going into the batter's box with two strikes now against me and I have only one left. And that's how I think teachers are feeling right now. So, in so I, 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 I'm, let me break this down for someone in a COVID situation, like not COVID, but someone, um, See, how do I want to say this? I'll break this down for me personally, my personal life. So I'm teaching face-to-face. -face. But every day I'm getting an email that someone can't come to class. Okay? Because they either have it or been exposed to something. Sure, sure. Okay? Just these multiple changes of like this in and out, who's here, who's not here, who's on Zoom, who's not on Zoom. It forces me to change my lessons. So I'm not giving you the lesson the way I have it in my mind. I'm giving it to you the way I have to because of the restrictions. And those two things are totally different. And so Steve, I'm planning Look at me, Steve, and I'm talking to you. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. There you go. Look, oh, you looked away. Look at me. Look at me with those nice glasses you have on. So, so, so Steve, I'm planning these wonderful lessons of how I would do these face-to-face. -face. And I feel I could definitely meet your needs through Zoom. And you know me, Steve. I'm high engagement. I'm all over the place. But I do feel in the back of my mind, ah, there's something I'm not getting because I have to make these changes. And these changes are not the changes I wanna make, these changes I have to make. 
So I feel like I'm leaving something on the table and maybe I'm not, but if I'm being honest with you, honest with you as an educator, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't normally do it this way, but I have to. So you never feel complete. You never feel totally into the game. You never feel uh, like you're hundred percent because you have students coming and going, uh, different technology, that makes sense. I want to go into another piece of the Ed Week Research Center survey. Steve, let me say this before you go there. Let me say this before you go there. And it's not that I'm shortchanging students. I'm giving it to them at a high level. I just have an ideal in my mind of how I want it. And I feel like if I can't do it, I'm shortchanging you. Yeah, that absolutely. Way. That's that's exactly what they're saying in the survey. Teachers feeling less effective. Not saying they are effective. Not, it's not saying teachers are less effective. It's how they feel. And teachers, high-performing teachers, a lot of times are... Are, the, are their worst critic, even though they're doing excellent things, the students are achieving at high levels, they're still Absolutely. pushing and may not feel effective. So it's it's not saying they are less effective, that's how they feel. And I think that's what you're relaying as well. I wanna to go to another one, Ed Week Research Survey Center, survey teacher school leaders in November. They said tech use better than ever, which that makes sense. That's uh, I think teachers are, are getting better than ever with the technology. Even the resistors are going, we have to be able to teach. And that's, that seems to be just the way it's going to be. And they also tied into that, the other piece from the survey, professional development is good. Teachers rated their professional development is good. So they're getting their own professional development, on, development online, and they're also going to other resources and learning how to incorporate better teaching practices in this virtual environment. So those two things, tech is better and a professional development they thought was good as well. What are your thoughts on that? I, I would agree. I want to go, I'm going to go a different direction than I'm coming right back to it. And since this is our podcast, we make the rules. We don't follow anybody else's script and we give it to you raw. We try to unpeel, we try to unpeel and unpack what educators are thinking. And Steve, I had one of these moments. I'm gonna put it out here publicly. Let's hear now, it. We just, we just finished writing a grant that took a lot of our time this week. But Steve, I wanna give us some homework. You ready for this? You sitting down? Is this, your no, is this tying to your November mindset? Is this Eugene's November mindset? This is November mindset and beyond. Okay. I'm giving you some, I'm giving you, I'm giving us homework, Steve. We need to create a baseline survey that we use wherever we go and in our classrooms. And I'll stop right there. Something you said triggered that thought. And you know where I'm going with this. We could use this a whole many, like, like so many different places. Because right, that's because, a good idea. That's a good idea. Now let's go, let's let's pivot right back. Tech use better than ever, professional development is Tech good. Tech use is better than ever, professional, for us, professional development is better than ever because now we have more time. Like whether using Google, uh, Google Meets, Zoom, Microsoft Team, whatever you're using, we have more experience. It, like, like we weren't just dropped off into this like we were in March, April, and May. So we have more experience within, within the processes. So we've had time to figure out what works, what don't works. Well, uh, we're like, like for Zoom, where we're going to use the, the chat box, where we're going to use uh, uh, the, the, um, 
the surveys, like where we're going to use the screen share and how we're going to use it to show like other data or video. So I, I feel like from a technology standpoint, like we're in, we're 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 in a good space, and as far as like in services and um, um, collaborating with um, with our peers, I feel like I know we're all zoomed out. We are, but I feel that this this virtual platform has leveled the playing field. Like we don't have to be in front of each other to meet and learn, and I'm very comfortable coming home, getting into out of out of my school clothes. And then going back into a session. And so I feel like in a strange way, it's enhanced our opportunities to learn and grow on our own pace, our own speed. And now we have access to nationwide presenters that are, are doing this. And so the professional development looks and feels different. So I'm confident that we're on the right path this way. Now it is taxing and it is different. And someone could say, well, I don't want to meet at 7 p.m but that option is available. Um, so I feel like in that aspect, Steve, this uniqueness is it's, it's, it's working for many people. Now, I, I do realize that if you wanna disconnect from your job and disconnect from your school and you know, your, your, your evenings are sacred and, I, and I'm not dismissing that because I, I totally get it, but the opportunity is there to connect in ways in which we couldn't connect before. Yeah. I, I believe that too. I believe the, the tech is better than ever. The PD is great. It's opening up whole new worlds. And I think that's going to create more opportunity as we go forward. I think it's here to stay. I think we're going to have to continue to, to innovate and think how do we use as teachers and school leaders, how can we leverage the technology even more for the sake of students, all while we're personalizing it for each student separately. I think we'll have to continue to keep that personalized approach as well. So well, Steve, we'll always have to go through that lens. Steve, let me toot your own horn and I want you to talk about this. And um, Steve Garner is the executive director of the Center for Urban Education Ministries. And Steve Garner has put on several professional development sessions that reach a nationwide audience. And before COVID, Steve, you were probably trying to figure out how to connect the dots nationwide. But because of COVID, a, a positive consequence through, through, through um, I'm not saying social media, but a positive consequence, positive consequence through these digital platforms is you could bring people together at a specific time. Anybody could tap into this all across the nation. So Steve, I tip my hat to you for being a visionary in this and pulling people from across the nation to meet on certain topics at a specific date. So Steve, you're asking the question, but you're actually doing it. And so I tip my hat to you and I want you to talk about because someone's, someone's thinking like, you know, I have this in the back of my mind. Steve, just talk about, and it's, it's, it's so simple for me and you, but Steve, talk about for someone who's, who's on the borderline of thinking, hey, can we get this session on Zoom? How can we do it? Steve, just walk through the process of getting people together. Sure. So thank you for that. So Center for Urban Education Ministries, 
works on relentlessly strengthening urban education. You can find out information at www.cuemnational.org. And what Eugene's referencing is New York to California, from Texas to Michigan, professional development, and it's called CUEM Speaks, so Center for Urban Education Ministry Speaks. And we were able to, to really bring in educational experts from around the country. So we were not, there was no barrier to geography, no barrier to uh, region. We were able to get who we needed to the best in the country and the topic and bring it to teachers. And the beautiful thing was we were able to use the Zoom technology. So Zoom technology, video conference, bring people in. We were able to chat, share resources and do all that. Actually, we were able to do that all free through a generous donor. So that, that format will continue for spring as we kick out our, our spring calendar 2021. And what is great for you, the listener, is to get engaged with that. And even if you're thinking about doing some of that yourself, using the technology, connecting with experts in the field, joining together and having some kind of gathering. It could be three people gathered around learning from each other. It could be a hundred to thousands of people gathering around and learning from each other. But with the technology now, we can do that as educators and school leaders in a really cheap format where before you go to a conference, a national conference, and you could drop $2,000 by the time you travel, food, airline ticket, hotel room, staying at the special hotel they're forcing you to stay at, uh, eating at different dinners, registration. So what we have available, I, the professional development will be just as good opened up to wider audiences at much cheaper rate. Steve, so I, let me I'm ask you this. You brought that up. Because I want you to touch on this. I need you to touch on this, on, on, this, on this specific part. So before COVID, how was Steve Garner attempted to do his professional development for Center for Urban Education Ministries before COVID? Sure, before so COVID. Just, so tell us how you shifted. Tell us what the plan would have been and what it shifted to? Well, the plan, the plan would be regional to national conferences face-to-face, -face, tying into a, a hotel or some other format like that. So the cost would have been upwards. The cost for what we're doing would at least be $150 a person to $350 a person to shifting. So hotel, conference format, workshop format, go there, fly there, drive there, stay at the hotel, all day conference, which again has their place. We'll see those pop up again because not only are you getting the conference and professional development, but the whole social aspect is important. The whole getaway out of my classroom for a while will be important. So those will come back, but shifting to an online Zoom format allows much more participants at a much more cheaper rate for people. And also you're sharing some of the same future resources with them that you could do face-to-face. -face. So it's different, but I think it's, it's a different effectiveness, but very effective, very cost-effective as well. 
And I want to take one more thing as before we wrap it up here. So it, let's let's look at one other November mindset, and then we'll we'll close it off. So I'm looking again at November, thinking through some things, looking at the Ed Week Research Center survey. The last thing they have on there, the mindset for November for teachers. Teachers felt and school leaders, there was less personalized learning taking place. So less personalized. And that was what you referenced earlier. You have 20, 30 students on Zoom. Some are engaged, some are not. How do I get personalized? I feel like there's less personalization because I have to teach this lesson and I have to talk to you but I can't go around to your desk. I can't get to certain students working on something and come to you as easily. There's teachers are personalizing. It's just a lot harder and they don't feel as confident in it in this format. Agree, disagree? Yeah, I, I think I, I I think you're absolutely on the money from what you're saying and what you're in the research you have in front of you. When you said that. I was actually thinking of a teacher that wasn't in front of kids, that was online teaching. And so you referenced it from face to face, but it took me to a space of, 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 of online learning. And so I'm gonna to try to bridge the answer between the two or bridge my response between the two. So if it's less personalized learning or if it's harder to construct and pull off, You've heard us talk on this podcast over and over about the power of relationships, the power of a strong classroom environment, the power of being culturally responsive. This is the reason why we tell you to focus on those things. Because if you haven't built a relationship with students, it's gonna be hard to pull this off face-to-face -face or online. But if you have made inroads in this area, you could do some personalized learning on the fly and adjust on the fly and make changes on the fly to enhance your engagement, to enhance the personalization, to enhance SEL, and to enhance whatever else you want to throw in. But this is why we talk like there's that like like it, like if you've listened to a number of our shows, this is why we talk about the power of relationship building. So you can personalize it. And so so Steve, and now I'm talking from a person that teaches face to face, and I'm talking from my experience of online. When I have a relationship with my students and I know my students and I'm in my quest to be culturally relevant, there are things I could shift around on the fly to change the engagement. There are things I could change on the fly to make this personal to their real world. But I can't do it if I don't put in the work to learn my students, to dig, to, to, to unpeel and, and to, to really understand what makes them tick. And so 
it's interesting hearing that because I feel I do not struggle in that and I'm not tuning my own horn. I just make it, I just make it a focus of mine to really build relationships, to really learn my students because I know at some point there's going to be some limitations because of COVID-19. And when those limitations kick in, because I really, really, really know you and what makes you tick, I can infuse aspects that relate directly to you. And so I know I'm talking in circles, but that's the best way I can explain it. And we all have our strengths. We all have areas that we need to improve on. Definitely when I think of Eugene, I think of building relationships. That's something that you have, God's blessed you with an extreme strong gift to do of, of strangers, people you know, you can motivate, you can build the relationships, you can get out of the students what you need to because you're strong in that area. But you have to, you have to in this time. Like even if you don't have a strength in it, it's called survival. Like you need this for survival. I agreed, agreed. Well, I think when we look at uh, November mindset, I, we hit some very strong topics of social emotional learning, mental health. We talked about fatigue, how to handle that, relationships. We talked about effectiveness, technology, and wrapped it up with personalized learning. And as we do, uh, as we wrap up every show, we have shout outs, we have promotions. I'd like to go right back to the Center for Urban Education Ministries. Great things are happening across the nation. Eugene's involved as a speaker, presenter, works hard for the center as well, sharing for teachers and school leaders. We could use your help as well. Uh, contact me, contact through the Center for Urban Education Ministries. Get involved at some level with your gifts, either financially or professionally. Steve, give us the next day. Good friend. Put, Steve, let me start talking and then you go back um, to your November date. So pull that up while, while, I'm, while I'm about to talk. Okay, so I want to give a shout out. And it's not necessarily a shout out. I want to I want to point you into the direction of, of the book Superhero Educator. It's on Amazon right now. It's on barnesandnoble.com right now. I need you to pull up um, the book Superhero Educator by, by yours truly and Dr. Steve Garner. And it will add value to your life. It'll add value to your... Uh, to your educational quest, we break down 15 elements that makes uh, teachers go from good to great, if you wanna look at it that way, or you could look at it as the 15 aspects that all the best of the educators do. So we wanna point you into the direction of that. Um, also wanna give a shout out just to all the educators out there. Like we know this is like a tricky time for you and we believe in you, um, your, if no one's encouraging you, we're encouraging you. Um, we understand the, the struggle and the battles that you're going through. And we want you to understand that you do make a difference. And so on the behalf of Steve Garner and myself, um, we are supporting you in your quest to educate students at a high level. So we, we definitely appreciate you. So if you don't hear it, you are hearing it from us. Steve Garner, I'm passing it back to you. Wise words, my good friend, wise words. 
We have the Center for Urban Education Ministries, CUEM Speaks, Professional Development, free for you. Join us in November here, November 18th at 5 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Central Time. Join us wherever you're at. Join us through Zoom technology at 262-243-4481, 262-243-4481. Two four three four four eight one. Join us through Zoom. It's free for educators and school leaders. And a topic we have Tamika Wesley out of California Lutheran University talking about an important topic: utilizing culturally relevant teaching resources. So she's going to lay out for you resources that teachers can use that are culturally relevant, and you'll have those resources all free. Join us again on the eighteenth through Zoom technology, and we'll talk about it and uh, next week's podcast as well. My good friend, close us out. All right, so we've gone through everything we need to take care of for the business of this podcast. We appreciate you for listening. Um, you can follow us um, at SuperheroEDU on Twitter. You can follow us at Superhero Education on Facebook. Um, we love the interaction. And make sure you share our podcast. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Podbean. Make sure you share our podcast with a fellow educator. And after you do that, we definitely, we definitely appreciate you. And on that note, we are out. See ya. Thanks again for listening to our Superhero Education Podcast. We hope you gained valuable insights and key concepts to battle the chaos and save the day for all students. Boldly transform lives and be a superhero educator.